You're listening to the Third Cup of Coffee podcast. Good day, podcast listeners. Welcome to the Third Cup of Coffee. My name is Randy Bolander, and we are glad to have you with us today on Wednesday, October 14th, at the time of this recording. How did it get to be October 14th already? Does that strike you as a little crazy? It does me. I mean, I understand the concept of time. Sun comes up, sun goes down. Well, actually, that's a flat Earth argument. Uh, no, sun appears to rotate around the Earth, but really the Earth rotates and time passes and, and so on and so forth. And I get how time works, but I don't understand how it goes by so quickly. I just do not get it. It feels like we were trying to figure out what school would look like just a couple of weeks ago, and here we are. It feels like whatever the crisis was three weeks ago is no longer a crisis, and we've had four since then, and we totally checked the first one. It Time is racing by. Today is going to be a bit of a shorter podcast I think. And I say I think because I'm fairly unscripted today. Uh, I do not have the normal teaching segment that I have often from Sunday mornings at the Bridge, the church that I pastor. We met outdoors Sunday in real space and real time. Naomi Thomas preached. She was phenomenal talking about gratitude. Horrible convicting message. Didn't like it, uh, mostly because it smacked me on the nose a couple of times, but it was a great message. But we don't have audio for it. It was very windy, and it just wasn't practical, and so we don't have a recording of that. As a result, I've got a few things jotted down, and we're just going to talk through them together today. I don't think it's going to be that long, although I don't know, and I'm not quite sure if I may get in the weeds and say things that I wish I had not. I will confess, this is the second take on the podcast already. Normally, I do this in one take, but I, this is the second take because about this point or a little further in, I already said something that I wished I had not said, so I had to go back. No, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm, I'm, no, you don't email me, don't text me, don't, well, you could bring me cake, but I'm still not going to tell you what I said. It just, I had to start over and hopefully I will, uh, I will stay within the, my self-imposed boundaries. Big day for the bridge uh, today. Our missionaries, Steve and Kristen Hickey, are on site in Soldotna, Alaska. If you've been tracking with this adventure, it's been amazing. We sent our first missionaries the same day that we named the church. Uh, We had to come up with a name to make it official, and so we came up with the bridge, and we sent the Hickeys to Alaska to work at Alaska Christian College with students mentoring, as well as with a group called Arctic Barnabas. They're going to be dealing with... um, Uh, village pastors, uh, helping kind of train and coach them, and just a ton of different things. Steve's going to be a a scholar in residence there at Alaska Christian College. So as we get ready to send them, very exciting. And this was the plan. The plan was that uh, their son, Thomas, and his wife, Melody, and their baby were going to move with them. So Kristen, Melody, and the baby were going to fly to Alaska. Steve, Thomas, his son, and Steve's brother were going to drive to Alaska with three U-Haul trucks pulling trailers. Let me just let that sink in. Three U-Haul trucks pulling trailers to Alaska. Okay, so they head off and they get to the Canadian border where they meet our friendly neighbors to the north who were not as friendly as their PR department would say that they are, and they would not let Steve's brother in the country because he was not moving to Alaska. Of course, 
Canada has closed its borders to Americans. We cannot wander back and forth with our friendly neighbors to the north as we have done for decades. We can't do that anymore. So they wouldn't let his brother across. So now they have three U-Haul trucks with trailers and only two drivers. Can't be done. It's just, it's impossible. So three or four days after arriving in Alaska, Kristen had to fly back to the lower 48 and join up with the posse at the Canadian border, get into a truck like she has never driven in her life, pulling a trailer, which she has never pulled in her life, and drive that thing to Alaska. They made it. What a crazy adventure. If you were to say, Randy, do you want to drive to Alaska? I would say undoubtedly yes. I would I would jump on this in a second, assuming we had like a well-equipped pickup truck and, and maybe, you know, two of us. But solely three U-Haul trucks, no spare drivers, pulling trailers, Alcan Highway. Nope, not this guy. But they made it, and we're very, very excited about that. Also, in our news, not in the news, but in our news, uh, the new Missions in the Modern Day podcast has launched. I mentioned it last week, although it had not uh, dropped yet. It has dropped. If you search Missions in the Modern Day in Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, there is a great interview with Lou Engel. I played a little snippet of it last week where he talks about his godly heritage. What a, what a fun discussion about how he grew up. Just some stories that I had never heard or stories I had not heard in a long time. Missions in the Modern Day, you search for it and uh, you will be, you'll be blessed. I think you'll be glad that you did. One thing in the actual news, not just my own news, I've been tracking with this Supreme Court nomination and vetting for Amy Coney Barrett. And uh, boy, the whole thing is just a farce. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, and I'm not just saying this because I may agree with her or disagree with her. The whole process is jacked up. Uh, Years ago, we were a part of the Assemblies of God, and there was a gentleman who was the district superintendent of Tennessee. His name was Gene Jackson. He was the consummate Southern gentleman, unless he wasn't. And by what I mean is uh, he, was, he was charming, he was witty, he was smooth, he had this great voice. Uh, but when he was done, he was done. And he would tell you he was done. And if uh, Brother Jackson, as we all called him, if Brother Jackson liked you, life was good. If Brother Jackson did not like you, uh, he would not waste energy uh, making pretend that he did. And, and he wasn't, it wasn't unkind. He was just very, very matter-of-fact. I remember one time we're at a district meeting and we're debating a fine point of theological minutia. Like, it is like uh, how many angels on the head of a pin type thing. It's it's, it's a public meeting, and uh, there are pastors that are arguing for and against voting for this whatever it is we're voting for. I don't even remember. But it had gone on and on and on. And at one point, somebody steps up to the microphone to explain their position on it. And Brother Jackson looks at him, and I don't remember, call him Larry, tells him, Larry, we know exactly where you stand on this. You're going to stand up and say the same things you've been saying for years. Just sit down. We don't need to hear it. We're all going to vote the way we're going to vote anyway. And that was it. And I'm cracking up because I'm thinking, I don't know that there's any provision in Robert's Rules of Order for this kind of decision-making. But it made sense. We did all know what we thought. We did all know what he was going to say. Let's just vote. That's where I am on this Amy Coney Barrett thing. Every senator who is sucking the life out of us with their questions 
knows exactly how they're going to vote. Nobody's changing their mind. And she's going to be confirmed. They have the votes. Yet we have this faux drama and all these gotcha questions that she can't possibly answer. And they know she can't answer them, but they want to ask them because they want to make the statement. It's not that they really even are expecting an answer. And it's, um, it's chaos. This lady has been through the ringer. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, the side that would prefer not to have Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. Their original argument was, it's, it's the timing. You just, you can't, that it's too fast. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe there's an argument could be made for that. I don't necessarily agree, but that's, that was the argument. It's the timing. It's not her personally. It's the timing. I mean, we just, it's all about the timing. It's the timing and the timing. Today, there was a editorial in The Guardian. Now, The Guardian is a British-based newspaper. Uh, they have an American online presence that's called a website. So it's a British newspaper with an American website. The most negative editorials about Amy Coney Barrett have been in The Guardian. Let me just say to my friendly neighbors across the pond, why do you care? Like, why, why do the Brits, why are you so consumed with American politics? I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you hardly jack squat about British politics, and that's probably because I'm a dumb American. I don't know. But it's like I don't, I don't get that involved. But this British newspaper has been incredibly negative. And the headline today on the editorial was, the problem with Amy Coney Barrett's nomination isn't timing, it's her views. It's like, oh, we don't like her. Oh, wait a minute. I thought it was timing. You guys screamed for two weeks that the timing was wrong. You liked her. It's just that the timing was wrong. Now, the, no, it's not the timing. It's, it's her views. Okay, well, you don't like her. We understand. In the words of Brother Gene Jackson, let's just vote. Let's just vote. I think they ought to. Okay, on to shortly more serious matters here before uh, we let you go. I told you it was going to be short today. Do you ever read scripture and think, yeah, I think that's probably for other people? I mean, me probably don't say that. You don't come right out and say, yeah, yeah, I don't believe this is for me. But we act like it's not for me sometimes. We really do. It has been a challenging year here in Casa de la Bolander. Um, it has been a challenging year for everybody. Uh, with COVID and with so much uh, financial difficulty and all the things that have gone on, no one is going to look back at 2020 and sing, those were the good old days. Pardon me as I take a sip of my third cup of coffee. Nobody's going to look at this year and say, this was an easy one. We coasted through this year. But for us, 2020 started in 2019. Um, without getting into details... It was just a very, and we crash landed 2019, all right? We got to the ground, but we broke off both wings and crushed the landing gear. And it wasn't our family. Family's fine. Kelsey and I are fine. Kids are fine. But things were hard and very, very difficult. And there are times, because of all of those events, that I have felt not adequate and misunderstood and I'm not pointing the blame entirely on other people. It was and it remains a complicated situation. And I am sure that there are others who see this differently than I do. And I, I want to allow them the freedom to do that, which is why I'm not getting into details. It's just not, not appropriate. But it's been rough. And uh, I have felt alone. And I have felt discouraged. And I have felt like, Lord, what, what are you doing? 
And in the midst of it, there's been good and there's been joy and great times with the family and people have come around us. So I don't want to, you know, paint the whole room dark black, but I'm telling you, it's been a difficult year and there have been times when I have felt like I did not measure up and um, it, it, there have been seasons of darkness, I would say. So as I'm reading this morning, I'm reading out of Revelation chapter 1. And uh, I, I was reading at the time in the ESV. It says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Let me just stop there for a second. There have been times in the last year when the extent of my prayers have been to him who is and who was and who is to come. To him who is and who was and is to come. And I've prayed that over and over and over to remind myself of the timelessness of Jesus and how whatever I'm going through fits into what is not even a timeline because lines have ends. This is an infinity in either direction. Him who is and who was and is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood and has made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now, this is a bit of an interesting uh, conundrum because different versions speak of this differently. Again, the ESV says, he's made us a kingdom, comma, priests to God and his father. The difficulty is in the original language, there's no comma. There, there was no provision for a comma. That didn't exist. And so he has made us a kingdom priests. He's made us both kings and priests. The New King James Version says, that he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. He has given us a role uh, in the spirit realm, but he has also made us kings and royalty, even here on the earth, in some respect. Now, some of you are thinking, if I'm a king, I'm an exile. Like, I am not in my kingdom. I am not ruling jack squat right now, and I understand that, but I just also understand what the word says. So anyway, in light of all that, I'm driving to school this morning, taking Piper, Creed, and Cadence to their school. Piper's 12, Creed and Katie are eight-year-old twins. And I hear them talking in the background. And, you know, if, if you're a parent worth anything, you know that you keep the radio low and you just listen. That's where you learn everything. You learn it all in the car. And from the back seat, I can hear Cadence tell Creed, you can't have toys in school. And Creed is a little mischievous. Rules are, are suggestions in Creed's world. And so he tells her, I, I can have this. It's a trash can toy. And I'm thinking, trash can toy? I, this is a new term. I don't know what this means. But in whatever realm that Creed lives in, trash can toy is totally legal. So I ask him, what's a trash can toy? And he tells me, it's this little guy I made out of stuff that belongs in the trash. I used an eraser, some tape, a little putty, and I put this little thing on his head because he's a king. 
And so he hands it up to me, and this little figurine's about an inch tall that he's made out of complete refuse. But in Creed's world, that's a king. I just realized we're all kind of trash can kings. Like, the Lord tells us he makes us a kingdom of kings and priests before the Father. Out of what, Lord? Out of how I feel, which is inadequate? Out of what other people think, which is worse than how I feel at times? Out of the mess that we've made with our lives? Out of the fact that we have blown opportunities and we have done wrong and we've hurt people and we've even disappointed ourselves? And he reaches into the trash can and he forms us and he changes our nature and he gives us opportunity we didn't have when we were in the trash can. And he puts a little thing on our head because... You're a king. Might have came out of the trash can, but you're a king. This morning, I was deeply encouraged by my son's mischief. By the idea that just by deciding that was a king, it was true. And that the God of all power and all strength, with much more authority than an eight-year-old boy, takes us and makes us a kingdom of kings and priests before the throne. You might feel like he got thrown away. You've not. You're royalty. And your day is coming. And it may never come on this earth, but it comes before him. Go out and act like a king today. It's who you are. Have a great day.